0: I'm thrilled to have on the line with me uh, Jeffrey Katz. He is the author of The Secret Life, a book of wisdom from the great teacher. And so we will talk with him in the next segment about this book. Uh, but one of the things that really kind of got my attention after the State of the Union address, Jeffrey Katz came out. And said, what if Oprah Winfrey uh, ran for president? We have uh, so many people that are jumping into the race for president on the Democrat side. And then Stacey Abrams, the the former candidate for Georgia governor, gave the rebuttal or or, uh, final remarks after the State of the Union address. She's a good friend of Oprah's. And uh, I thought that was a really intriguing question, though. What if Oprah uh, would run for president? So, Jeffrey Katz, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson.
1: Kim, great to be here with you. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Uh, so, w- what made you even ask this question about Oprah uh, after you watched the State of the Union Address?
1: Well, it's, uh, that's a great question. It's because, you know, we have all these people now jumping into the uh, Democratic field. And it's just so interesting to look at the direction of the left in our country. I mean, they're really veering, you know, they seem to be veering way over, way over. And when you look at um, even candidates like, um, you know, President Obama and people who, um, you know, Oprah obviously strongly supported, the policies that are being talked about now on the left are really um, going much, much further. So when you think about it, I me mean, I thought to myself, someone like Oprah, if she would throw her hat on the ring popular. but I was thinking to myself, is she in sync even with the direction that the left is headed in now and I'm thinking that based on my initial thoughts were based on the way Oprah's conducted her life she's really not simpatico even with the way the left is going because if you look at Oprah, for example, she has funded girls' schools in Africa. She's given a lot of charity there. She seems to be about empowering people to be self-sufficient, to be able to stand on their own two feet, whereas, you know, the Democrats now are talking society in the United States where, where we will turn and where we will um, guarantee people a lifetime of public assistance, whether they want to work or not. So it really seems that it's inconsistent with uh, with where the left is going now. So, you know, she may even find herself just too too conservative for where they're going at this point.
0: You know, Jeffrey, I cannot figure out, though, what, you know, I'm looking at some of her quotes, and she, you know, striving for excellence and self-sufficiency and, and, you know, all those things that are really, you know, uh, conservative values. But yet she supports these politicians and bureaucrats that do just the opposite. Have you figured, have you matched that up? I can't figure that out.
1: I mean, it's interesting because, you know, cause when you look at something like charity, and this is something that I discuss at length in my book, The Secret Life, A Book of Wisdom, that's all about the um, ancient teachings of Maimonides, but w- who was one of the most brilliant minds of the past thousand years. He was a philosopher, a religious thinker, a leading doctor of his time. He was, you know, the court physician to the. Um, to, to the um, in e, the Sultan Saladin in, in Egypt. He was a an astronomer, really, but a very practical thinker. And he discussed things like charity. Now, he is the one who is attributed to, you know, the old expression, uh, teach a person to fish, don't give him a fish. That's attributed to Maimonides, along with a lot of other things. So that's really where we should be um, striving. And people want to give. You see, you know, you pass a homeless person on the street, you want to help person people want to give so people become a little bit confused kind of in the way to help somebody and people become deluded thinking that putting someone on a lifetime of assistance is going to um, make make life really good for that person and that's just wrong and that's something that Maimonides recognized and taught you know in terms of teaching a person to be self-sufficient teaching him to fish and it looks like Oprah knows it intuitively because she's used her wealth to empower women specifically in Africa and make them self-sufficient. I mean, that's the greatest gift of all. Whereas the gift of permanent dependency, or I mean, that's not really much of a gift for people. I mean, that's not giving them. You know, uh, they, those handouts are not really um, you know hands hands up or or, or leg ups for them. So. You know, well, I think that's where that's where it shakes out by well, you know, common sense, really.
0: Yeah, you know, Jeffrey. Really, if you make people dependent on government, it makes people pets instead of people and individuals. And I've thought a lot about about charity, and uh, you know, Americans are very charitable people. And I've done a lot of volunteer work. Uh, and then as I got into this, I realized that nonprofit—it's become an industry in a lot of different areas where they say that, you know, they want to address a problem and, uh, and, and they become almost quasi governmental agencies because they live off of government grants. And, um, it took me a while. I kind of, I had to connect the dots on what was happening. And then I realized that, that it didn't matter so much if people were charitable, if in fact a nonprofit had their hands out Uh, to the government asking for government grants. And, of course, then, uh, you know, once you start to be dependent on the government, either way, the government starts to tell you what you can say, what you can't say, what you can do, what you can't do. And uh, that is not the way that Americans typically do charity.
1: Well, that's exactly right. In other words, in a socialist country... You have the government basically controlling a lot of industry. And then it's the government that decides what you have and what you can't have. And if you will, the government then becomes the source of, quote, charity, you know, with all these um, entitlements and dependency programs. The American model, which, if you look at history, has been so wildly successful, um, so many exponentially more successful than any socialist program, in the uh, american system or basically a capitalist um of the system you have private people creating wealth and they they have a large portion of the wealth that they generate and then it relies on their own charity and americans are the most charitable people and when you have a society that generates wealth like the american society has that's when you really get a lot of charity and Maimonides recognized all this. You see, you have to recognize personal property rights and the rights for people to keep the fruits of their labor as a general matter before you're gonna have a society that's wealthy enough where even the less fortunate are gonna be the beneficiaries of, you know, people's charitable impulses. I mean, Maimonides urged people to make charity an important part of their lives because he recognized and this is really critical, that people themselves, Kim, are the happiest And the most productive when they make helping others a regular part of their lives. You know, there was a Harvard economist, Arthur Brooks, recently wrote a study about this um, in his book, um, you know, "Who Really Cares," where he he, where he documented and quantified that for every dollar someone gives in charity, he actually earns about another four dollars and thirty five cents, most of which is directly attributable, attributable to the charity because. Giving makes people happier and more productive. You know, charity, giving, giving, because that's what charity is. It's giving, and that's what it should be. But it just happens to be the way the world is created. When you give charity, you get back so much more. What you get is really incredible. You, get, you, you realize how fortunate you are and blessed, because when you're helping the needy, you see how wonderful, fortunate you are. And that in turn makes you happy. And when people are happy, they go out into the world and they do more good. It's an incredible cycle of positivity.
0: Well, Jeffrey, we're going to go to break. I want to talk with you about your book regarding The Secret Life. But I've thought a lot about charity. uh, And I really think one of the first things that people need to do is they need to make sure that they take care of their own little economy. Uh, And that means Mm -hmm. taking care of their families. And I submit to you that one of the most compassionate things that a man, one man can give to another is the dignity of a job. And, uh, you know, I think that so many of our, our, our entrepreneurs and our business people, uh, they, they get a bad rap, particularly from all of these that are lurching to the left, those radical, progressive activists that are taking over the Democrat Party. This is no longer the Democrat Party of, of JFK. Um and so they, they demonize people that are actually going out and creating jobs and businesses. And when you give someone a job, you're saying, you have something of value that I'm willing to hire you for. And so you're trading value for value. And I think there's such... Dignity in that. So, we're going to go to break. Love to hear what you have to say about that. And then your book it looks absolutely fascinating The Secret Life. And uh, so, Jeffrey Katz, we will be right back with The AmeriChicks and Kim Munson. If I can
1: make it there,
0: I'll make it. Hey, welcome back to The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where I dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree? Or disagree, let's have a conversation. Check out my website, americhicks.com. That is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me author Jeffrey Katz. His book, The Secret Life, a book of wisdom from the great teacher. And uh, tell me about this book. You said that the, the great teacher is Maimonides. And uh, I'm learning something here. I'm not familiar with him. so So explain this to me. Uh, Yeah,
1: Maimonides was, again, one of the greatest minds to have lived in the past uh, thousand years or so. He um, was born in Spain, in Cordova, uh, had to flee um, when he was a child with his family because um, extremist um, Islamists, the Almohads, took over Spain. He was traveling um, with his family, homeless most of the time. Eventually, after many years, wound up um, settling in Egypt with his family. And in Egypt, he became um, chief physician chief doctor to the um, sultan in Egypt, and he was a great religious thinker and astronomer. He was really a Renaissance man hundreds of years before the Renaissance. He had a profound effect on our world, because he influenced um, Judaism and he influenced Christianity through St. Thomas Aquinas principally. But he was, more than anything else, he was just a great practical thinker, and he, he was a great problem solver. And in fact, his ideas so transformed my own life that I wanted to put down his main teachings in a book so everyone could be touched by them. See, normally, the way I, he wrote in very complex philosophical terms, so. I, and I studied all those. I, I was able to tease out. It, wasn't, it was not easy doing this, but I teased out his main principles and just laid them all out there very simply so that they're accessible to everybody. And again, it re- relates to the secrets of charity, the secret of justice, the secret of unconditional love, the secret of a higher calling, and the secret of resilience. Wow. And it's really- pathway, not only as individuals, but also our society, we can really be a lot happier and better off all around with these ideas.
0: Wow. Well, this is, you know, Jeffrey, I've thought a lot about education here in in America. Um, we, we've we got some wild stuff going on out here in Colorado regarding uh, sex education bills, and I... You know, a classical liberal education, people aspire to learn to to be the best that they can be, to think good thoughts, to think big thoughts. This book that you have written sounds absolutely fascinating. I'm going to go home and order it as soon as I get home. Um, and I, I I think that we need to start to teach our kids to be reading this kind of stuff. There's so much junk out there uh, that you need to kind of you know work your way through and make sure that every day... You're, you're using your time to aspire to things higher than just ourselves and it looks like this book is something that really could be a, a, a great um, a great recipe for people
1: yeah that's exactly right on that point that, that relates to the part of the book about the secret of a higher calling Kim you know in today's society we find ourselves more and more just distracted every screen we pass is just bombarding us with all this information and most of the information winds up being trivial So we wind up spending more and more of our lives just managing and um, responding to these hordes of um, trivial information, and that's not a formula for a very meaningful life. Maimonides teaches us how to get beyond that and get off the merry-go-round, how we can each find what Maimonides would call our own individual perfection our ultimate purpose and game-changing goal in life, our own higher calling, if you will. And that is one of the things that can literally transform your life. Like you say, Kim, you wind up spending a certain amount of time and energy and your resources on a regular basis um, developing and moving forward to a higher goal.
0: Well, and so let's circle back then to Oprah. Normally, I close the show with quotes, and I, I was looking at some of her quotes, and they—they they truly are, are are quotes of the American spirit, of individualism, of excellence. And what we're seeing in politics in America now that the veil is really off. I mean, we have a clear choice on whether or not heading towards socialism, uh, which you're seeing so many of the Democrat. Candidates for president espouse now. And, and socialism it hurts people. Uh, I mean, if you look at what's going on in Venezuela, there's it used to be a very rich country. And it's not because they don't have resources. It's because of a political ideology that their regular everyday people now don't have enough food. And so I can't quite... I just can't match Oprah up with this... You know, these candidates, I just can't figure that out, Jeffrey. Right. It's,
1: it's like the point you made before, Kim. So on the left now, people are looking at these billionaires who have all this money, and they're not looking at the thousands of jobs some of them may have created and how they may have helped other people's lives and lifted up so many other people and of course the way our system works if you're the one who creates thousands and thousands of good jobs for other people you're going to become very 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 wealthy that's how our system is devised but the left is looking in isolation you have a lot of money and we want the government to have most of that it's like complete blinders it's just like on a societal level kim where they look at a we- our wealthy society of course our society is very wealthy because people have worked very hard because historically they've been able to keep most of what they produced but they look at it as a stagnant thing just as a pie now to be split up the problem is that when you look at it as a pie just how much the government can grab out of the current wealth you stop creating wealth in the future the reason America is a wealthy societies, we continue, because of the incentives that are in place to produce, we keep on producing a lot of new wealth. But that's going to stop once we switch over to a socialist system. And that's exactly what happened in Venezuela. Once Chavez took over and started confiscating everybody's money, people stopped producing anything. And then after 20 years, they used up the money, and now they're all starving.
0: Wow, that's astounding. One other thing then, and I bet Maimonides had, had talked about this, and that is gratitude versus envy. And that is socialism is based on envy. And instead of saying, um, you know, I want, I want you to be able to do your very best and succeed. And when that happens, that's great. I want to do my very best and succeed. But instead, socialism looks at the person over here succeeding say, and it says, I don't want you to have that. I want the government to have that. And so I imagine that that is probably addressed in your book, yes?
1: Oh yeah, totally. That's in the part on the secret of unconditional love. Maimonides was an absolute pioneer on, on thinking about unconditional love and what that's all about. And it ties into everything you were just saying, Kim. You know, it's almost the socialist ideal. Is oh, it's terrific, good news. We're all equal. We're all poor now. <laughs> terrific news. That's that's kind of the envy. And I'm happy if you're, you know, if everybody has nothing and we're all. Equal, that's kind of like one of the goals. That would be the opposite. Maimonides taught about unconditional love and unconditional devotion. And that's really an incredible thing, The um, w- looking at the other person with um, an attitude of unconditional love. And, of course, first it comes your family. And in terms of, um, you know, Valentine's Day coming up, this it's a, perf- a perfect um, thing for um, people and their significant others to read together. In fact, my book, *The Secret Life*, a book of wisdom, is a perfect. Um, the chapter on the secret of unconditional love is a tremendous thing for Valentine's Day for people um, and their and, and their significant others to read together and think about, and they will really be able to um, uplift their relationship on that basis.
0: Well, that sounds just terrific. So, Jeffrey Katz, in uh, preparing for the show, uh, I had I did not mention this, but you uh, studied as an attorney and also as a rabbi. So the perspective that you bring to this book has got to be really interesting. Just very quickly, you know, tell us just a little bit about your life story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, I pursued both of those tracks. Um, when I was a teenager, I once went home for Passover. My father had dropped off a book on Maimonides on the coffee table, never said a word to me about it, but I picked it up and I said to myself, oh my goodness, these ideas about lifting up your life and the way you can think about your life and get beyond just the regular daily grind it lends such a meaning to life. And, and then it became a lifelong pursuit of trying trying to delve into Maimonides' wisdom, and the more I focused on it, just the more blessed and transformed my life became. And again, my goal was to share that with with, with as many people as I could touch through the book.
0: You know, and it sounds to me like this was really a, a labor of introspection, and I think that that is one of the differences between the socialist mentality and the American idea mentality is the socialist very seldom do i see them doing any introspection on themselves they're always looking to the outside and blaming others whereas the american idea there's introspection on how can i be better how can i improve you know what are those those important things so your book the secret life looks absolutely fascinating and and you can get it at barnes and noble at amazon um highly recommend that as you mentioned for valentine's day it sounds like it's a a great uh, that and some chocolates that should be just perfect right
1: Exactly right.
0: Okay. Well, Jeffrey Katz, thank you so much. Any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listener?
1: Yeah. Just wanted to with that wish that everybody be blessed and be able to raise up their lives to a higher tone through the principles, the wonderful principles taught to us by Maimonides.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jeffrey Katz. Greatly appreciate it. Again, your book is The Secret Life uh, and would highly recommend that.